In this week's episode, we take a look at the future of reselling, according to a recent report from ThreadUp. We've got reselling news from eBay, Etsy, and more. A nifty nine, what sold on eBay recap, and a weekly business update with some frankly laughable statistics. What is up, Galaxians? Welcome to another episode of the Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk Podcast. I am your host. My name is Ryan. For those of you who might just be stumbling in here for the first time, welcome to the show. I am a full-time reseller, part-time YouTuber and podcaster working out of my home, a rather messy bat cave at the moment. Uh, really cleaned out some estate sales over the weekend and I have got more stuff <laughs> than I know what to do with. Uh, death pile does not begin to describe <laughs> what I'm dealing with right now, but I am here for you nonetheless. We've got a huge reselling news update this week. Uh, a not so big, not even a top 10. We're, we're just going to go with nifty nine. What sold recap and a, a business update with some, some numbers that are just, they're so tiny. They're funny, but we're going to kick it off. News updates. With reselling news, we're going to start with the report. Some of you may have already seen there were some infographics going around on Instagram last week about this, a report from the retail analytics firm Global Data that was released by ThreadUp. Uh, this report says that over the next five years, the fashion resale market in particular is poised to nearly double to $77 billion a year. So uh, that's the good news. If you are a fashion reseller, uh, that market is poised for just remarkable growth over the next few years. Uh, secondhand is now a $36 billion market in the country and resale and emerging, emerging growth channel for apparel retailers is expected to grow 11 times faster than retail clothing over the next five years. Uh, secondhand is quickly displacing fast fashion, new clothing purchases, and harmful production as consumers switch to thrift, the study found. Uh, this report surveyed about 3,500 customers uh, in addition to some retail executives, which we'll get into in a moment, and it revealed a lot of insights about what is currently propelling this stratospheric growth in the fashion resale market. In 2020, for instance, 33 million consumers bought secondhand apparel for the first time, and 76% of those first-time buyers plan to increase their spend on secondhand over the next five years. Uh, consumers and retailers alike would like, interestingly, the government to step in to incentivize resale. That got my attention. Um, Here's some of the downsides, some of the kind of the backside news of this situation. 58% of retail executives say they would be more likely to test apparel resale if there were financial incentives for doing so. 44% of consumers think the government should help promote sustainable fashion, while 47% say that they would be more inclined to purchase secondhand clothing if there were no sales tax or they received a tax credit. The second part of that is all good news. The first part, the one that should probably get your attention, is the fact that 
of retail executives indicate that they would participate in the resale market if there were some financial incentives to do so. You would think that the profit margins alone would be enough for them to do so. And you've seen already where a few of them, like Lululemon, for instance, and of course Goodwill, have announced or ramped up their online reselling presence within the fashion industry. So you're already starting to see some players get into this market. And that's what should give some traditional resellers maybe a little bit of cause for alarm. 62% of retail executives say their customers are already participating in resale. And 42% of those executives say resale will be an important part of their business over the next five years. So the big players are coming. They've seen the potential probably all our YouTube videos. (laughs) Uh, They're sitting in their C-suite office, sipping a latte and watching us on YouTube talk about making 90% gross margin, which is something that they can... Clothing is already a fairly profitable business. Um, At retail, it's generally 50 to 80% gross margin anyway. Uh, But they deal obviously with a lot of markdowns and you've got shrink and damage and all the rest of it that goes on in retail. So there is clearly an appetite for another profitable avenue for big retailers to participate in the market and make a little bit of scratch. They are increasingly looking at the resale market. The fact that they're already lobbying the government for maybe some additional help to get involved with that should also cause a little bit of alarm because the government has done nothing (laughs) to help you and I as individual resellers. Uh, You know, we pay unless you're an LLC or you've gone through a lot of stuff. If you're a sole proprietor, you're paying a lot of income tax to sell this stuff. So uh, unless that also applies to all of us, I'm I'm not sure I'm all in on that. So uh, resale is expected to be more than twice bigger than fast fashion by 2030 with two and three, two and five rather thrifters saying they're replacing fast fashion purchases with secondhand clothing in the past decade, six 0.65 billion items of apparel have been recirculated via the secondhand market. Consumers have saved approximately $390 billion. So I will link to this article and most of the ones I point out this week. There are a couple that come directly from eBay that I won't be able to link to in the show notes and the video description below. So this was on fiber2fashion.com. You can probably read the report at other places as well, but this is definitely something to go in and and take a look at. Um, So it's a kind of a good news, bad news story. Good news is there's going to be a lot of growth in fashion resale. The bad news is you're going to continue to see heightened competition as some of the bigger players in the retail market decide to participate Getting on now to eBay. Uh, eBay is starting a new marketing campaign. There's an article over on e-commerce bytes that asks, how do you rate eBay's new marketing campaign? They launched this, uh, that it plays apparently off the post pandemic lockdown fever that has hit America. Survivalist Coyote Peterson and a crew of style experts help shoppers tackle their next big adventure, re-entering the world following a year in lockdown. Uh, press release from Vice President of Fashion Shari Marquez was quoted as saying, as restrictions lift coast to coast, we continue to see unprecedented trends across eBay's top categories, from people reinvesting in ways to express their personal style to preparing their home for guests again. For example, eBay pointed out that the sales of air mattresses are up 
50% year over year, and sales of sofa bed are up eight times versus home office desks. So last year, everybody was buying new desks because they were working from home. This year, they're buying other furniture. We've talked about this over the last couple of weeks. eBay has created a new landing page called Reopen Ready. Uh, They have a page for this particular campaign. There are featured guides, which include things like Entertaining Ready, First Date Ready, which is kind of funny. This is just a total random aside. Facebook really wants me to go on a date um, because every sixth post (laughs) in my Facebook feed uh, over the last couple of days has been for the Facebook dating service. So uh, dating is apparently a big deal. And I I guess I get it because of the timing, you know, now that things are opening up and dating is maybe a little more possible than it was previously. But man, oh man, Facebook is just all over me to go out on a date. Anyway, uh, front row ready, grab special edition sneakers, vintage wristwatches, and classic trench coats, office ready, uh, vacation ready, and more. There is a video already up on YouTube. It does not appear at this time that it will be airing on traditional television. eBay is pointing more to its social media channels, which is also interesting. Uh, traditional TV advertising has fallen kind of by the wayside, and eBay is going where they think their buyers are, which is online. So uh, let me know in the comments, have you seen any of these commercials? What do you think of that campaign? I, for my part, have not yet seen any of that action. We talked about this one, sticking with eBay, back in the winter. eBay was in the process of selling its classified business, that sale, to a group called Adventa Overseas, has now gone through eBay Inc., a global commerce leader that connects millions of buyers and sellers around the world today announced that it has completed the transfer of its classifieds business to Adventa in exchange for, wait for it, $2.5 billion in cash and a 44% equity stake in Adventa, which is equivalent to approximately 540 million shares. So not only do they get a big chunk of this new company in stock. They also get uh, more than a couple of Brinks trucks backed up to the door at the eBay headquarters. The completion of the transaction results in after-tax net cash proceeds of about $2 billion to eBay. With the transfer complete, the company has updated its capital allocation plans for 2021 by editorial portion coming up. Not by reinvesting in the platform, not by advertising, not by doing anything to help buyers or sellers or to modernize their platform. They're going to do it. They're going to take this money and they are going to increase their estimated stock share buyback from $2 billion to $5 billion. So they're just going to buy their own stock back. So there you go. Uh, The company has agreed to reduce its ownership in Adventa to 33% percent or less over the next 18 months as part of remedies that it has proposed to resolve the competition concerns that were raised by the Austrian regulatory authorities. Proceeds from this reduction will be deployed in a manner consistent with eBay's capital allocation tenants and targets, which based on what they're doing with the first batch of money would lead you to believe that they will be doing more stock buybacks. (laughs) Uh, So there's that. Uh, Probably nothing but good for eBay's stock. But uh, there are other things they could be doing with that money. 
to make the platform a, a better place for both buyers and sellers. And a stock buyback just doesn't really scratch that itch for me. So, but I don't work for them. Uh, moving on, you probably got a message from eBay uh, about another update in the trading card category. The eBay money back guarantee policy for trading cards is being updated um, effective July 29th. So this is still a little over a month out. If the seller does not offer returns, a buyer must request a return within three calendar days after the item is delivery. If the seller offer returns, the buyer must request a return within the seller's return window as stated in the listing. While you may notice the absence of the eBay money back guarantee badge from trading cards listings, these items will still be covered under eBay money back guarantee as long as all the eligibility requirements are met, including returns windows outlined in the policy. Uh, They've got a quick little graph, so check your inbox if you haven't seen that email yet and you're a trading card seller, there are going to be some changes. The current window, if you don't offer returns, is 30 calendar days after delivery. That's going to get cut down to three. So this is a huge win for card resellers uh, who have had some issues with the returns policy being abused by quote unquote card buyers. So that's good news. In addition to all the other changes in the trading card field that eBay has implemented over the last little while. On the not-so-good news, um, those of you who have been following the channel for a while know I'm all about the Model Railroad magazines and stuff. There is an article this week in Trains magazine, Historical Society and Bookseller Fighting eBay Scam. The president of the Conrail Historical Society and a railroad bookseller are blowing the whistle on a scam that has resulted in fraudulent billing of hundreds if not thousands of dollars worth of railroad hobby merchandise using the online auction site eBay. They are currently working with postal inspectors, the FBI, and state attorneys general to halt the illegal practice. Essentially, the practice works like this. The scammer posts a new item for sale on eBay, such as a model railroading book or a railroading book, at well below the list price. A customer, of course, attracted by this low price, orders the item. The scammer then places an order with the legitimate retailer, one of these couple of places that were mentioned in the article, for a drop shipment to the customer. But they do it using a stolen credit card number. The legitimate retailer, of course, then ships the item to the customer, proceeds to bill the stolen credit card when the account owner of the actual account receives a statement. They recognize that they didn't place that order. They dispute the charge. The credit card company then issues a charge back to the retailer, taking back the money. The retailer is then, of course, out both the item and the money. Uh, They cited a particular example of a book called the Stylish EMD GP30, which is a diesel engine, uh, for those of you who are not into trains. (laughs) Uh, The book has a retail price of $59.99. Ron's bookstore sells it for $55.75, but the eBay seller was offering it for $39.95 with free shipping. Ron, God love him, he shipped out seven copies of this book book before being alerted to the fact that all of those transactions were fraudulent. Uh, He says, I hate to tell people not to use eBay, but the most secure way to avoid this is to go to the seller's own website. Go to the Conrail shop or Ron's bookstore. We do offer low prices, though they're not that low, obviously, Uh, and that's why we're being targeted. Get it from a reputed dealer's merchants. 
website and not some random person on eBay. I take offense at that. (laughs) Um, Most of us are not scammers and most of us are not just random people on eBay. Most of us are legitimate, honest, hardworking American citizens just trying to make a buck. We're not trying to rip anybody off. So I I get why they're ticked off, but I, I had to share that one because it was model railroad related. More bad news for eBay. The EPA has ordered eBay to stop selling unregistered and or misbranded pesticides. The EPA sent a stop sale order to eBay regarding 170 unregistered or misbranded pesticide products. This action amends a previous order from 2020 to include additional products, unregistered Pesticides can pose a serious hazard to human health and the environment, said EPA's Larry Starfield. Um, Among the pesticide products subject to the amended order is a highly lethal anticoagulant poison and DDVP, an insecticide with various restrictions and prohibited uses in the United States due to the dangers that it presents to human health. Also included in this amended order are pesticides that eBay failed to stop selling after the June 2020 order, such as Virus Shutout, a purported spatial disinfection card that claims to protect the wearer from the novel coronavirus. So we've talked on this channel numerous times about eBay's attempt to crack down on counterfeit and fraudulent products and here's something that they could spend some of that money (laughs) Uh, that we just talked about a little bit ago on. They could really beef up their, their counterfeit and fraud departments and really start to eliminate the fraud that we just talked about on the, you know, the railroading books and these hundreds, if not thousands of counterfeit and fraudulent items that are all over their site. They're literally getting billions of dollars that they could reinvest in that sort of update and infrastructure change within their software and they're, they're choosing to do a stock buyback. I, it just, it, you can tell it chaps me a little bit. <laughs> uh, so enough with eBay. Uh, you may have also gotten one more thing, a, an email from eBay in your messages that talked about multiple ways now to send coupons to customers. We talked about this some time ago that eBay was getting away from the codeless coupon, and they had now developed the ability to send coded coupons. If you're interested in that, again, check your inbox. It lists three ways that you can do it. You can share them online, you can print them out, and you can use them as parts of offers. So if you're interested in creating a coded coupon, check out your inbox in your eBay messages. There is a link there within that message to go to that site. And I may do a tutorial on that at some point down the, down the road. I have not done a coded coupon yet. So that may be something that I look at here in a little bit. Moving on to Etsy. Uh, They sent out a survey that seems to indicate that they will soon be launching a shipping policy that imposes several new requirements on sellers. The survey indicates they're asking for feedback about a policy change and asking for advice on, quote-unquote, the most palatable language. So this change is coming. It's just a matter, uh, the survey is just a matter of determining how it's worded. (laughs) Uh, When this new policy is rolled out, and I don't sell on Etsy, so I wasn't aware that they didn't do these things. 
Sellers will be required to add a tracking number for any order over $10 shipped to U.S. by buyer before the seller can mark it as complete. Sellers will also be required to include certain information in their listings or shipping profiles, including the shipping carrier, the mail class, the processing time, and the origin zip code. And lastly, sellers will only be able to mark an order as shipped when it is actually in the hands of the shipping carrier. So you'll have to wait until you get home from the post office, according to this, before you can mark the item as shipped in Etsy. There is no time frame for the rollout of this new program, but I would certainly expect that it will be coming fairly soon so that it is in place for fourth quarter. I would imagine they dealt, obviously, with the same kind of shipping issues that everybody else was dealing with, with USPS, and not having even tracking numbers to track the merchandise and see how delayed it was was probably a real nightmare. So this is, all in all, this is probably, it's a little more work, but it's probably beneficial for Etsy sellers. If you are an Etsy seller and you have an opinion on this upcoming change, let us know down in the comments below. There's also an article in, of all places, Cosmopolitan Magazine this week. Actually, it was last week, I guess. Uh, Behold, all the stuff I wish I'd known before starting an Etsy business. This is a really pretty detailed article. If you are a fairly new seller on Etsy, it might be something that you want to check out. It's got some, quote, profesh advice from, you know, the pros. Uh, They highlight a handful of things that they recommend that you should do. Number one, take things slow-ish. Don't rush into the business. We've talked about on this channel before, you know, don't buy a bunch of inventory until you know what you're doing so you don't get stuck with a bunch of junk that you can't sell. Find your niche. Invest in some good lighting, uh, which is a nice tip. Take good photos. Um, And freebies, they suggest that if you have something to offer for free, that is helpful over on Etsy. Ask for help. Don't be afraid to ask questions. TikTok is your marketing team. They are really big on using TikTok, which I don't use. The only time I look at TikTok, I've got a good friend that sends me an occasional video from TikTok. But other than that, uh, I'm, I guess I'm getting old. I don't even have the app <laughs> installed on my phone. But uh, they say it can be very beneficial for Etsy, which is interesting because the Etsy demographic is a little, I would think, is a little bit older than the typical TikTok user. So you can let me know about that. Uh, They talk about time management, being sure to budget your time so that you can get everything done. And last, don't let one bad review derail you. And that that advice is true for anybody. If you're a YouTube content creator or an eBay seller, one neutral or negative review or one thumbs down on your video, you can't let that break your momentum Uh, Just keep doing what you're doing. As long as you're not getting a ton of them, (laughs) Uh, life should be pretty good. So this is a really interesting article. Again, I will link to it in the show notes and the video description below. Last bit of news for this week. I told you it was a full one. We got almost 25 minutes here and we're still in the news. Poshmark has established a $500,000 grant making fund to empower its seller community. And it announced its first recipients. Uh, Poshmark is a leading social marketplace for new and secondhand style for women, men, kids, pets, home, and more. Today, they announced the inaugural recipients of its Heart and Hustle Community Fund, a newly launched program that awards more than 100 sellers quarterly with the funds and fundamentals to grow their business. Poshmark has committed to distributing 
$500,000 in grants throughout 2021 to sellers who best demonstrate how they use heart and hustle to fuel their Poshmark business and achieve their goals, whether it's making extra money, growing their reach, or scaling their side hustle into something bigger. Sellers who applied for the Q1 grant cycle ranged in age from 18 to 70 and represented 40 U.S. states and eight Canadian provinces. Total of 142 recipients were awarded. There were 12 $5,000 grants and 130 $500 grants. Eligible applications were scored based on the specificity of the business goals, commitment to supporting fellow Poshmark users, how they intended to use the grant dollars, and the substance of their overall submission, including a personal video, testimonial. Final winners were selected by Poshmark's Executive Advisory Council, which actually included some of the Poshmark founders. So kudos to Poshmark. Nice program, giving out some grants to their to their sellers. If you are a posher, were you aware of this program? Did you apply? Did you get any money from it? Um, they are notorious a little bit for rolling things out in kind of a haphazard manner. I see a lot of folks complaining about something we talked about a couple of weeks ago for Poshmark, which was the kind of beta rollout of their mass sharing option, uh, bulk sharing option. A lot of folks have heard about it, but don't have it yet. And there's a lot of squawking about it. So their communication maybe leaves a little bit to be desired. So let me know down in the comments, were you even aware of this program? Uh, did you apply? Will you apply next time? It is a quarterly grant. So we're almost to the end of Q2. So I don't know what the, what the deadline would have been to apply for Q2, but we're probably bumping up against it here. One last thing, speaking of deadlines, if you are an eBay store subscriber and you have not yet used your second quarter shipping supply coupon, the clock on that is ticking. It expires at the end of this month. So if you haven't ordered your eBay shipping supplies using your coupon, you're going to want to do that pretty darn quick. With that, we're going to take a super quick break. So I can sneak in a sponsor spot over on the podcast and we will be back with my nifty nine sales from last week and the weekly business recap. Stay tuned. For most of us, sourcing is fun, but shipping, not so much. Reselling items online is amazing until shipping turns into a full-time job. Most of us didn't get into this hustle to become shipping or logistics experts. And we also didn't think that our lives would begin to revolve around getting orders out on time. Once you reach a certain point with your reselling business, it becomes increasingly difficult to step away. Taking a break is almost impossible unless you put your store on vacation mode, which may lead to slower sales. And that's where eBliss Reseller Solutions comes in. They'll store and ship your inventory so you can focus on sourcing and finding that life balance. Finally, you can get a break from those mundane tasks. If you'd like to learn more, there's a link below to my conversation with Dave and Lori, fellow resellers and the founders of eBliss Reseller Solutions. There's also an affiliate link, which you can use to get additional information directly from eBliss and help support the podcast. Thanks for checking them out and be sure to tell them that Ryan sent you. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you're on Apple Podcasts and you want to do me a solid, please leave me a review. That would be awesome. If you're listening anywhere else, there's a link in the show notes to my Podchaser page where you can also go and leave a review. 
Be sure to check me out on YouTube at Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips and follow me on Instagram at Galaxy CDs Rocks. Thanks again. So it was an interesting week last week on the on the various platforms. Uh, it was as we'll get to in the business recap. The week itself was actually okay. The margins were great, but there wasn't a lot of a lot of little stuff and a handful of pretty nice sales, which is that made my nifty nine for this week. Let's not beat around the bush. Let's get straight to it. I showed this in a haul video sometime back. The International Language Service Hotel Saga uh, 10 Language Translation Book from Reykjavik, Iceland. This was a really cool book. It appeared to be from maybe the 50s or 60s. It was undated, but it was a book that you would find in a hotel room that literally had just page after page after page of basic translations in 10 different languages. It had, obviously, Icelandic. It had English, French, German, Spanish. I mean, it was it was a really cool book. And I had this thing for the longest time. I picked it up at a, a yard sale. I think I paid a dollar for it. I thought it was really cool. People looked at it. It sat here and sat here and sat here. Finally, somebody finally bought it for $21.99 with free shipping. So not a huge flip, but just a really, it was a cool piece to kind of look at and flip through. Sometimes I'll buy random stuff like this just because it's so interesting and so unusual even if i don't see where there's any sold history i figure sooner or later someone's going to snag one and sure enough finally got this thing out of here talked about over the last couple of weeks i bought that big box of bicycling catalogs here was a i had a couple of these from different eras different years uh never heard of this company Shogun Bicycles. This is from, it looks like the late 80s or early 1990s. It was undated. I couldn't really find any information on it other than that this was a Japanese bicycle manufacturer. This catalog, there were really only a handful of comps on Terapeak over the last year. So I threw these bad boys up there for $29.99 with free shipping. And the first one has sold. I own these, as you may recall, if you've been here before, for $10. 0.2 cents a piece. So that's a pretty nice flip. I was back on the board over on Bonanza. I was so happy about that. <laughs> uh, it's it's really silly. You know, I get excited about a 30 or $40 sale on a site when I'm doing, you know, $1,000 somewhere else. But there's just something about making a sale where nobody, where everybody says you can't make any sales. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Pyrus, King of Epirus by Jacob Abbott. This was from 1910. was in really good shape. Of course, I had it listed on eBay. That's how it ended up on Bonanza. I sold it for $29.99 with free shipping. So, again, it's a book that I got in a big lot that I own for about a quarter. So that's pretty healthy return on investment. Uh, it's another one that had sat here for a little bit of, of time. But, again, for that kind of return, we'll take it. If you're following me over on Instagram at Galaxy CDs Rocks, you saw I posted a picture late last week. I can't remember. I think it was Friday. I picked up a gigantic lot of Doctor Who DVDs. There are 141. They're not, some of them have multiple episodes on them. So 
but there's 141 shows, episodes, whatever you want to call them, 141 packages. I started scanning these things. I just scanned a relative handful of them. Most of them were coming up anywhere from 12 to about $40. This first one that I sold literally the same day I listed it, which was the day I bought these, Doctor Who, The War Machines. This is story number 27. Uh, the DVD came out in 2009. This is from the original series, which was from the 1960s. I had no idea Doctor Who went that far back. Uh, this thing I had listed for $39.99 or best offer. I got an offer almost immediately for $35, which was within the comp ranges that I saw on Terapeak. So I went ahead and took it. Um, I have since sold several other of these. I'm probably three or four sales away from earning my money back on that deal. I spent $200 on 141 DVDs, which is actually a little a little high for me. Uh, normally, I don't like to spend that much, but because I saw how much value there was in these, I went ahead and paid up. I also gave that guy my card because that was an amazing estate sale. I should have done a video on it. Two-car garage, half of it full of DVDs. So when I left, I've done a post-estate sale bulk buy with this guy before on some books and I gave him my card again. He says, yeah, I remember you. And I said, I would be interested in the DVDs when you're done, if we can work out a deal. He called me on Saturday afternoon and said, I've still got a lot of these DVDs left. Are you interested? And I said, absolutely. Because there was a there were a lot of box sets and really unusual. There's some kind of the normal run-of-the-mill stuff in there as well. But there were a lot of really unusual DVDs in there. But he was asking $3 a piece at the sale. So I said, yeah, we, I'd be interested. How many do you think you have? And what are you thinking for price? And he said, there's probably less than 500. I don't know. What are you thinking? Well, I just given the guy 200 bucks. I tried him on at $50. (laughs) Uh, And he kind of laughed and he said, let me do this. Let me count them and I'll call you back. So about an hour later, he calls me back and he's like, there's 845 DVDs. And that includes counting the box sets as one. And I would do it for $150. Uh, That worked out to about 17 cents a piece, which is more in my wheelhouse than the $1.42 I paid for these Doctor Who (laughs) uh, videos. So all in on that deal, I ended up paying, it's going to work out to about 35 cents a disc, a set for the total, the Doctor Who and the other ones. At that price, you can't go wrong. There are going to be some huge winners in there that you'll be seeing probably for weeks and weeks to come because I've got nearly a 1,000 DVDs to get listed. So that is contributing to the pile that if you're watching on YouTube, you see the mess kind of behind me. So that was really a long explanation for one item on the Nifty 9, but there you go. I'm in a storytelling mood tonight. Here's an interesting old book. This was also from that big book lot that I own for a quarter. This was from 1867, Fillmore's Harp of Zion, a book of church music. This was published by the R.W. Carroll Publishing Company in Cincinnati, Ohio. This book was really, really rough. Uh, The cover was just barely hanging on by a thread, but these are, again, fairly unusual and fairly scarce. And as I've talked about on this channel previously, Even a book in bad shape, if it's of this age, if it is complete, which this one was, you can still get some decent money out of them. I had this listed. 
I believe at $59.99 or best offer, I got an offer of $40. bucks. i have had it for about nine months, so I went ahead and took that. It's cost me a quarter, so to get to $40 plus shipping is, is a good return on investment, so I went ahead and did that. Here's part of another big DVD buy I did. This was a another estate sale several weeks ago where I bought, man, I'd have to go back and look. I want to say it was maybe five or 600, maybe a little more DVDs. I think I bought these for about 20 cents a piece. This is the first seven seasons of The West Wing. These were in mint condition. Boxes, slip covers, all the inserts, all the ads that would have been in them, you know, everything. And the discs were in just like new condition. Individually, these sell for seven or eight dollars with free shipping, which isn't really a lot of fun, but I had seven consecutive seasons all in really good shape. So that made it a little more fun. $59.99 with free shipping. It cost about six something to ship out media mail. So really nice score. I probably own these for less than $2 for the whole set. This was a nice sale. Set of books. I picked these up at an estate sale. This was another, again, I'm in a storytelling mood, so bear with me. (laughs) Uh, This was another sale where everything in the place was just grossly overpriced. Books were like $4. I mean, it was just nuts. There was, I was on my way out the door and lo and behold, I see this set of books on a shelf. They look like they're brand new and there's a tag on them says $5 for the set. And I'm like, how in the world is that possible? This single book over here is $4. So I looked them up and it looked like they had quite a bit of value. They are the Barset Shire novels from Anthony Trollope. I've never heard of him. I've never heard of this set of books. Uh, but it was this was a full set of Oxford University special editions, six six books. I think there were actually more than six novels. I think there may have been a couple of doubles in here. Anyway, six books brought $67.99 with free shipping on an investment of five bucks. So that was the only thing I bought at that sale, but I'm glad I stopped. (laughs) Um, I'm pretty sure I posted this over on Instagram as well. I had this for months and I just I've started using my planner and I've got on my planner every week that I want to test so many pieces of electronics because I've accumulated a decent amount of them and I just, I hate futzing around with them and testing them to see if they work. I got this Samsung DVD V9800 VCR DVD combo. It is not a recorder. It's just a player. I tested it. Everything works. I had the only one that was listed with a remote because most people are parting them out because the remote itself is worth about 20 bucks. So I decided I'm just going to leave them together to set mine apart from the rest of them. Ask a little bit of a premium. Most of these were selling for about 40 to $45 because I had the remote. I listed it for $64.99 with customer paid UPS shipping and it sold within like eight hours. Uh, I own it for $10. So that's pretty nice. It's not obviously a 95% margin percentage, but it's $55 in gross dollars income. So that's that's a little fun. And now your flip of the week. I picked up this, I picked up two boxes at a garage sale. The garage sale was all like kids clothing 
and candles and just random stuff. And there were two boxes. There was this set of CH Products Pro Rudder pedals. They're like for a flight simulator. And there was also a yoke and stick. I finally got around to hooking this thing up and testing it to make sure that it would at least boot up on the PC. I listed it at auction last week, starting at $29.99. It bid all the way to $76 with customer paid UPS ground shipping. I own this for $10. So again, not the 95% gross margin percentage, but a really nice $66 in margin dollars. It's a pretty fun sale. Sent this thing out, UPS, the yoke. I tested this earlier in the week and put it up at auction. I expect it will probably bring maybe somewhere similar money. It's already got a couple of bids. It's up to about 35 bucks. So be on the lookout for these things. I had never heard of this company, but while I was at the sale, I looked it up and lo and behold, they've got some pretty good value. So there you go. CH Products Pro Rudder Pedals. These were for USB. Apparently, they will connect to other gaming devices as well. They do make a PC-only version of these. So you do, if you get something like this, you want to make sure that you specify which version it is, but uh, pretty sweet. So let's talk about the week. Uh, sales were okay. I, I can't really complain. Margins were really good, despite those you know, handful of things that the percentages were not that great. The margin dollars were actually quite strong. We'll start as always with listings. I did 106 new listings to eBay last week, which got my total to 66.88, which was a net gain of 35 for the week. I did 71 sales uh, among all the platforms. My goal for the end of this year was to try to get to 7,500 listings. It doesn't look like I'm going to get there probably because I'm just, I'm selling so much stuff, which is a really good problem to have. <laughs> uh, but I just can't get far enough ahead in any given week to really put a dent in the nearly 900 listings I still need to get up. Uh, all these DVDs may help the cause a little bit there if I can find the time to really knock some of them out. But 7,500 by the end of the year is starting to look like a bit of a stretch. So still not too bad. 106 new listings over on eBay. It was 108 to Mercari. I had a couple of auctions that closed without buyers. That took my total number of listings to 2922 over on Mercari, which was a net gain of 53 Sales for the week, 11.85.80, so not great. Uh, normally, I like to be $1,300 plus with the emphasis on the plus. <laughs> uh, but 11.85.80, not, you know, it could. we've had worse weeks here. As If you've been playing along at home for long, you've seen a couple of worse ones. But there were some numbers that were just ridiculous. If you've been watching over the last week or so or you follow me over on Instagram, you've seen I started producing these planners and some journals using the Amazon KDP program. I uh, got my first sale last week. I made $2.64. Thanks, Mom. She bought this crazy cat uh, journal. Really cute cat on the cover. 100 pages with little kitty cats in them. If that's your kind of thing, go check it out. There's a link in the show notes in the description below, or you can visit my website. There's something like 30 different journals and planners that have already been published over on Amazon through that program. So... I don't know that it's ever going to be big money, but they're fun to kind of 
fiddle around with in the evening and make these covers and design these interiors. So I'm having some fun doing it. Thanks again to my mom for buying the first one. Uh, So $2.64 from Amazon KDP. Uh, I had a yard sale. Some of you may be aware, and I did meet actually a couple of viewers slash listeners. So it was really great to meet you guys. Thank you so much for stopping by. Unfortunately, not enough people stopped by and the ones that did by and large, I guess they just weren't in the mood for books, CDs, and DVDs because I was out there literally from seven in the morning until three in the afternoon and I did $32. (laughs) Ah, for crying out loud. Books, CDs, and DVDs were a dollar each, five for four dollars. I had some of you, again, if you follow me on Instagram, I put up a picture of mystery boxes. I've got wholesale lots of CDs that I'm listing on eBay for like 20 bucks. I had those out for $15. Crickets, not a taker. $32 was all I made. I will not be having a third annual yard sale here at the homestead. Uh, Last year's The only thing that bailed out last year's sale was at the very end, I had a woman come in and she literally bought all the remaining books. She bought 600 odd books for $300 and that made the sale make money for me this year. She was a no-show, $32 total for the sale, not a good investment of my time. It was a neighborhood sale. I'd have been better off walking around with my Ikea bag to all my neighbor's houses and trying to buy their stuff. (laughs) Uh, so again, it was a pleasure to meet, uh, those of you who stopped by, I appreciate it. Maybe I'll run into you over at my antique booth. If that ever gets opened again, we're now at three weeks and counting, waiting for the construction to finish and my booth to be open. So we're really rapidly approaching the point where I'm going to ask for two months of free rent over there. Moving on, Mercari, $108 and eBay, 1043.16. Cost of goods sold for the week. 4669 which wasn't really all that bad that left me with a gross profit percentage of 96.06% or 1139 and 11 cents operating expenses for the week however were pretty low 3 oops sorry that's not right yeah no it is right that's crazy low 39735 that is just a crazy low number for me normally it's closer to 500 bucks so $221.09 in outbound shipping $5.35 in PayPal and Mercari fees and $170.91 in eBay fees primarily. That left me with a net profit of 62.55%, which is muy bueno. I, I took three years of Spanish and I know about 10 words, but I know that one. <laughs> uh, $741 and 76 cents. So kind of right on target with my goal, $100 net before taxes a day, a little bit ahead of that. So I will take it. Uh, All in all, not a bad week. And that's the show. Gosh, we're probably knocking on 50 minutes here. So thanks. If you made it here to the end, I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed watching this show, please do me a favor and smack that thumbs up button. Let the YouTube algorithm know that this was entertaining and informative if you didn't like it go ahead whack that thumbs down like i said earlier i'm not gonna let that get me down now watch i'll get a hundred of them and i'll be crying in the back (laughs) uh let us know down in the comments what kind of week you're having how things are going for you and with that it's time to sell thanks guys you have been listening to the galaxy cds rocks and flips reseller talk podcast thank you so much for tuning in and we will catch you again next time